Hello and welcome. So glad that uh, you have joined in with us uh, as we continue our desires here with, uh, with Michael Ray and myself to look at what, uh, what, how we can be better, really, uh, in being Christians at work. So we have been kind of all over the place um, for the last uh, little bit, uh, small sabbatical. Um, to deal with some things and then back last week. But so far we've gone, you know, for all of you that have been through this long winding road with us, uh, you know, we've been through the org chart. Um, we've talked about some, you know, more specific things, whether it be HR issues or as last week we talked about how do you, how do you work on that balance of forgiveness in the workplace versus accountability. And this morning, our intention is to uh, look at the idea of, as all of us are within the workplace, um, how do you um, keep in balance the ideas of both ambition and contentment? How do we, you know, kind of muddle through wanting um, a desire to climb that corporate ladder as fast as we can versus being content with the blessings and things we have of God? So we're going to try to parse through that this morning in 30-ish minutes, um, as much as Michael and I are ever any good at keeping time here. Uh, but that, that's the plan for today. So hopefully uh, you're along for the ride. Mr. Ray, how's everything in beautiful Somerset? We are very blessed, my friend. And uh, it just struck me that you always do the intro. Is that, is that this, you're the alpha? Is that what that means? <laughs> I think it's because you're doing the mechanics on the backside. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let people see behind the curtain how, how slickly produced our show is. <laughs> All production concerns can be sent to Michael.Ray. I am. Uh, this this topic is like when when I um, when I think about the the natural conflicts that the Christian runs into in business. This is the one. This is the one that I come back to constantly. And and I think you'll find that I I don't have a lot of answers here. This is this is one that that is a wrestling match for me um, because the. I'll, I'll kind of lay the lay the table before you, Mike. The way the way I think about it or, or see it is the the world. Um, yeah, you, you go to a uh, pick a random uh, Fortune 500 company and look at their annual report, and one word that you will never see in a positive context is content. They are, I mean, it is it would be anathema for a CEO to stand up and say, Hey, we're, you know, we're just really happy with what we're doing. We're content with where we are. Um, we, we've been really blessed and we're just going to try to, you know, hold the line. If you ever find the word content in any of any of that kind of setting is we're never content. We're not going to ever, we're never going to be content with where we are. We're always going to be one doing more. We can never be never satisfied. I mean, that's a, that's a mantra. That's just accepted as a maximum in business. We're never satisfied. And then, and then you contrast that with uh, the contentment that Jesus promises and offers. And you've got this, obviously, you've got this very apparent, natural um, point of conflict. And so, you know, we, we, we all, those of us that are in the secular world, we exist in the business community. And... We, we are immersed and engrossed in this ambitious, this, this uh, whatever, this, this world of ambition. And there are parts of it that are okay. 
but then we're we we also you know Christianity tells us to be content, and and then so how do you how do you square that circle? So so that's that is what I intend to learn from you this morning. So, um, listeners, if you have uh, heard the cues there, this is going to be another one of those things where Michael and I talk about a lot of things and don't really tell you anything, <laughs> which, you know, happens here. Uh, it, it's funny, as you were saying that, um, you know, the other places that I've seen contentment is in regular uh, resignation letters. You know, we have become content. We have yes. become complacent. And therefore, you know, they the board's decided to throw me out with the trash. Yes. Um, you know, and, and we think about, um, you know, statements with Peter, you know, um, from Peter. First or second Peter, I'm grasping at it right now. But godliness plus contentment is great gain. And and we think about how, you know, and to um, for those of you that haven't um, dialed up uh, the series at Southside over the last couple of weeks, uh, on being peacemakers and and not being content is one of the things that just steals your peace, right? You can't have peace if you're you're never content. Um, so 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 how do we get there? Um, here's the other side of the coin, though. You know, I think sometimes when we get into, you know, biblical studies, um, and and we try to look at this from from a biblical standpoint, I think we also falsely, um, in, in my judgment, say that you know, contentment's the, the only answer that, that it's just contentment. But I, I don't think Abraham, Peter, Joseph, uh, any of these characters we want to list got wealthy. Like the scriptures talk about being wealthy, resting on their laurels, you know, that they continued to improve. They continued to get better. They continued to do more and God blessed them. Those blessings, you know, uh, make no mistake about that. Those blessings came from God. And I think as we grow, um, both spiritually and, and we grow in the workplace that that we have to recognize where those blessings come from. But I, I don't know that that a Christian um, really truly should be content with their spiritual state either. I mean, uh, you know, are you okay being you know Joe C average Christian, <laughs> or do we all want to strive to get better spiritually? So I think, like with most things that that we find when we study the scriptures, is there's a balance and. My intent this morning as we talk through these things is to try to strike the chord of balance that I think we can be um, content to the point to the point of, uh, you know, laziness or inactivity. Um, and I think we can be overly ambitious to the point of greed and pride and, and somewhere in the middle, uh, is, in my judgment, is where the answer is. Yeah, a couple of things to follow up on that one to your point. If, if Joseph would have been content, most of Egypt would have died and, and he. He wasn't content. I mean, he, he was clearly very um, ambitious toward his, his, his goal. And that goal was, you know, prepare for, you know, seven years of famine. And, and so that, that, that matters. It, but, but I also think it speaks to maybe a misunderstanding of what contentment really is. You know, and, and I think you've even referenced where there is a confluence, at least in our minds or in, in a lot of minds, between contentment and complacency. And, and I'm, I'm not, those are not synonymous terms. They, Perhaps we've perhaps we've conflated them, um, mm-hmm. and that that's probably to our detriment if we have. Um, that if we if we think that that is what we're trying to achieve um, in in contentment, um, and and maybe that's the place uh, a, a place to start. Um, and it, if you, and so I'll, I'll take the reins here for just a second. Um, you know, if you want to talk about contentment from a biblical perspective, you're you're very likely one of the places you're going to end up is Philippians. And so in, in Philippians chapter three, Paul talks about contentment and he uses a word I think is really interesting. 
um, you know, in, in uh, uh, there, there's a there's a contentment math that I, I think is true, and that is um, everything plus God equals nothing. And so it doesn't, you know, that's not where you get, you know, that, that, that's kind of what Philippians 3 is all about. Um, everything plus God equals nothing. God plus something equals nothing. And I think that's where we, we kind of get to in our Christianity is that um, we want God, but then we need this other thing. We need business success or material things or whatever. If I could just have God plus that, I could be, I could be content. And what, um, what Paul goes out of his way to tell us in, uh, in Philippians is that contentment means not needing anything else. That, that there is a specific word, and I'm going to try to find the verse. Uh, well, I should have been more prepared here, Mike. I, I'm in... Uh, you think in, in, in four? Yeah, Philippians, um, no, Philippians chapter three. Um, let's see. Not, let's see. This is great. This is a great podcast right here. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the passage where he says, I don't consider it made of my own, but that's what I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining to what lies ahead. I press on for the goal, the prize, the upward call in Christ Jesus. And, and then, you know, maybe, um, where is the verse I'm looking for? Where he talks about contentment. The, 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 the Greek word there is he talks about contentment is uh, autarkis, which, which, which is like an autarky, which means, which is, which is a uh, kind of a political word for a country that doesn't take in any resources from the outside. It is. Yes. It doesn't require anything external in order to provide for itself. All of the resources that it needs are created internally. Politically, economically, I can tell you that that's probably not a, a political philosophy that, that makes a lot of sense. But spiritually, Paul used that specific word to talk about his contentment in Christ, that it, it didn't require anything from the outside. And so that the contentment you know, as, as I believe Paul helps us understand or, or helps us define there is that it doesn't mean that we are lazy or it doesn't mean that we're complacent. It just means that, that we understand that God is all we need to be satisfied, that God is all we need to be um, uh, at peace and mentally and spiritually content, that as long as in our mindset, boy, if I only X, that just speaks to a discontent. It speaks to a uh, thinking that it's going to have to be God plus something in order to, to, to satisfy us. And as long as it's God plus something, that, that, then we're, we're, we're inherently empty. Um, and I even think about the way a lot of us have talked over the past year where we say things like, man, I'll just be, I'll just be happy when things get back to normal. Mm -hmm. that, that speaks to, and I know with, maybe we perhaps don't mean it this way, but it, it, it does speak to a discontent. Like I will need things to be normal in order to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally content or satisfied. And, you know, if things never go back to normal, <laughs> if this, if this is the world we're in for the next 40 years, are we going to be able to be spiritually content? Or are we always going to be like the Israelites wandering through the wilderness, man, if we could just go back to Egypt, uh, the, the leeks and the garlic were fantastic. You know, why can't we go back? Why can't we go back to Egypt the way, the way things were and not be content with, with where we are? Um, because, you know, I can go back to, 
um, the fall of 2019. And it wasn't like we were all swimming in contentment then. <laughs> right. think, things weren't, I can go back to y'all's Facebook pages. It wasn't Shane Girl. <laughs> so, so to say that, man, I'll be happy or I'll be content when things get back to normal. It's just a, it's a fallacy. It's something that Satan puts in our heads that there is a, there is always going to be something between us and contentment. And in the same way, we say, man, if I could just, I could just get that promotion. If I could just land that customer, if I could just achieve this thing, if I could get that job, then that would put me in a position where I could be content. Um, as long as we've got a barrier between us and contentment, um, that I think Paul uses that word on purpose to talk about that. That that is the thing. As long as it's got to be God plus something, that that's where that's where we fail. Yeah, and and, and I'll keep going there. Um, kind of the next chapter, uh, right? Um, when we get into Philippians four, um, you know, really starting in ten, and Paul's addressing here the need, um, you know, them wanting to help him, right? Remember Paul's in prison. We, we did this early on when we went through Philippians together. Um, but starting in 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern. You've revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. That's the first I know word. how. Thank you. Uh, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So probably one of the most terribly used verses in all the Bible is Philippians 4.13. But the, the important part here that, that, I, that I think we show miss when we read this, right? We read this and I think, in my mind anyway, people want to jump to 13, right? 13 is the great part. Maybe we concentrate a little bit back in 10 and 11 and say how great it was for the Philippians to care about Paul when he was in prison. But you missed the most important thing Paul says. For I have learned in whatever situation I'm in. And so, and I think this, this is the crux of, of what we're driving at today is that Paul said in abundance, when, when I'm killing it, I had to learn to be content. Maybe most when I had maybe most of right, by the way. Maybe uh, when I was absolutely had nothing, was starving, I learned to be content. So I don't think this contentment is an innate nature. I think it's learned behavior, but it's learned based on how he wraps this up. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is not about whether or not you can dunk a basketball or you know score the game winning touchdown. Like that's nonsense. What he's saying is contentment is what we need strength for. I can do all things, meaning I can be content in abundance or I can be in t content broke as long as I have Christ to strengthen me. That's, that's, that's the whole um, point that Paul's driving at here. And I think that that's it for us too, is that we've got to find the way that, that our, our self-fulfillment, our actualization, our, our validation really all comes from God and not from my own accomplishments or not from my job title. I mean, you know, think about some of the foolish things that, you know, we say to one another um, about this. Like, you know, uh, if, if I, you know, if I can be middle management or if I can just get the VP title or if I can just, you know, some of this just nonsense that that's when I'm finally going to be content. When in reality, we, we've, you know, we, we, we've traded, you know, bark for, uh, you know, eternal 
joy, right? It, it's just, it, it's a misunderstanding of, of what God really intends for us. The, uh, you know, uh, to your point that Philippians 4.13 is used, uh, you know, I can, I can ace this test. I can, you know, I can do these miraculous uh, things above my normal capacity because, because God gives me the ability to do that. And, and Philippians 4.13 is kind of like a little spiritual talisman that we, that we you know, use to, to validate that. Um, in reality, you know, as you said, Paul is saying the things that we can do through Christ who strengthen us is uh, to, uh, to be poor, to, to be uh, beaten down, to handle adversity. Those are the things that, that we, we can do and maintain contentment. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, so, with, so that's part of this equation, understanding what contentment is and, and, and knowing that it is, it's, not, um, it's not achieving, it's not finally achieving our goals. It's not, uh, nor is it um, saying this is all that I ever want to have or ever want to do and wanting more than this is a sinful desire. Um, and, and so that's the, that's the contentment part. Uh, so what about the ambition part and what passages would we go to to talk about, you know, is that, is that a, can that be a spiritual mindset? So you keep me up perfectly because because I, I I'm going to you know Luke 12 here um, for you to help help me make this parable make sense because you know Luke 12 the the um, was it the foolish builder or, or whatever is, is is the the title of that parable oh, let me flip over there I forget exactly what it's called. Um, You've got uh, the rich fool, right? Um, you know, it starts off in that section, you know, someone in the crowd, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus says that doesn't make any sense. I'm not a judge or arbitrator. Guard against covetousness um, for life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then tells them the parable, right? We all, I think, remember the parable. A guy had a great crop, said, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns um and build large ones and there i'll store all my grain and my goods and i will say to my soul soul you have ample goods laid up for many years relax eat drink be merry but god said to him fool this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared whose will they be so is the one who lays up for himself treasure and is not rich towards god so michael doesn't that very clearly say that we should never build bigger barns i mean well, that seems very simple to me right I will tell you that as, as someone who just uh, went through a pretty massive construction project at, <laughs> at his workplace, this, this verse gave me pause more than a time or two um, over the past couple of years. And, and, and so, you know, trying to make sure that the, uh, the mindset or the attitude of, of the rich fool in Luke 12 was not, was not one that we were taking into a building project was, was something that's close to my heart. Um, and I'm, I'm sincerely struggle with that. And so, you know, I mean, the, the layup answer, the, 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 you know, kind of the 100 level class is, you know, that, that wasn't the rich fool's issue because you read verse 21, um, that, that his issue wasn't that he built bigger barns, but that he was not rich toward God. So that, that's, you know, 
And that's correct. The 100 answer is correct. That is, that is the answer that, that that's the reason that the, that he had the issue. I think the, the, the graduate level class would, would be, so what is the attitude of building bigger barns that maintains richness toward God? Um, and so that, I think that's what, and maybe that's the core of the question is, can you have that ambition and maintain that contentment or that relationship? I think some of our viewers may be concerned that they uh, thought this was a 100 level class. <laughs> <laughs> From everything I've heard. Or, <laughs> what do you mean graduate point, level? Up to this point, this has been pretty remedial. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, and, uh, and, and all fairness, I think that's that's exactly right. It's. Um, how, how, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you, because I, I think we're, in, we're intellectually and spiritually dishonest if, if we say that there's not, you know, folks that have been very successful and very wealthy and God's been not only okay with it, but a hundred percent behind it. So, you know, you, you can't, you can't, um, you know, not uh, grow and, and, and not, you know, continue to succeed and continue with these blessings of God. Um, and, and say they're from God and, and yet say, well, it's wrong to do any growth because quite honestly, you know, let's go back to what we started uh, early on with. Didn't Joseph build seven bigger barns? Like what, wasn't that the whole like point of the dream is that we're going to take one seventh of this grain and we're going to store it over the next year. So not only can we provide for Egypt, but then they ended up providing for everybody in the area as they came. So like, you know, the interpretation of the dream from God was build bigger barns and be smart with these richness of blessings that you have. Um, so, so I think, you know, and also going back to our, you know, our, our lessons we started this on with stewardship, you know, it, it's being a good steward doing this. Now, the, the, the fear, the trap, the concern, the worry for me is at what point, you know, am I, Am I losing focus of why I'm doing this? So as we find, I think in scripture, and one of the hardest things for all of us to really get our mind around, because it's not, you know, it's, it's not so black and white and you can't really prove it is intent. You know, I'm more and more convinced in my life that our intent, what we desire to do, why our why, if you will, is even more important than the what. So if we get our whys out of whack, you know, that, that's where we get into trouble like this guy um, in Luke chapter 12. But if our, our, if our why is right, if we are, you know, not only, um, you know, enjoying the blessings of God, but using it as first Thessalonians, second Thessalonians, I'm blanking on that right now, but that, that we no longer steal or no longer be lazy, but work. And, and, and you know, the, the second part of that verse, it's mo that's important so that we can provide for our families and have enough to share with others. You know, I think we forget that part. Then, well, I got to work and I got to work 80 hours a week to provide for my family. Not if you're spending all of it, <laughs> because the scriptures clearly say that God is a God of abundance and he will give you enough, not only to provide for you, but to share with those that can't have what you have. So, you know, when we get into the, the building bigger barns mindset, when we get into that growth mode, it has to be with the intent that it's not for our own benefit solely, but that we may benefit others, that we may share these blessings of God with others. I think also about what John the Baptist told some of the, the Roman soldiers that's recorded for us that, you know, one of the, 
one of the messages, he was, you know, pretty blunt and, and pithy with some of his statements. But he said, be content with your wages. And so uh, I, I think about that too. That, that was one of the core messages that, that he took to them is their, their, their discontent. So it's, it's, not, it's not just necessarily with bigger barns, but it's also has to do with, you know, paycheck and salary. And, and he told them to be content with their wages. And that doesn't mean that we should never want to raise, right? And that, so it's, it's the same, I, I bring that up to say, I think it's the same issue just on a, on a smaller scale. Um, is, is, it, is it sinful to um, uh, plan for bigger barns? Is it sinful to desire a bigger paycheck? I, I, I do believe that to, obviously the intent, uh, as, you, as you bring up, is critical. Uh, but I also believe that it is a is our spiritual contentment is our is our fulfillment is our happiness is our joy reliant mm-hmm. on achieving that is it that I'm going to be unsettled I'm going to be unstable spiritually I'm going to be un unhappy unfulfilled unless I have this thing. Um, and that, that is where it gets to Philippians 4 issue, I think, is um, I, I cannot, not, not that I'm desiring to, to do more and to make more. Um, so to your point that I can be a funnel to, to those blessings to somebody else, not that I have that desire, but that I am, I, I'm going to be, unhappy and unfulfilled until I get there. Right. Um, that, that is, that is the inability to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Um, so, and that, and that's one of those, that's one of those questions that I don't know that you can answer for me or I can answer for you is, is, is we, we got to be, um, spiritually honest with our, with ourselves and, and say, am I, can I be content without this thing? And, and, uh, and, and if I can't, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good stopping point um, opportunity for reflection and study. Um, so why can't I? Um, what, what is, where is my fulfillment, really? And, uh, and where, does my, where does my contentment and my fulfillment come from? And, and I think that's, that's part of the, um, again, in my judgment, that, that's part of Paul's point there in Philippians 4 is that you know, when you find yourself in those states, how do I still have joy, you know, in, in the state of, of being without or with being of excess, you know, where am I deriving that from? And how do I, you know, how, how do I appreciate where I'm at and what I can do? You know, how, how do I, you know, appreciate the fact that I'm, I'm here and, you know, comparison, I, I think is, is one of the, the devils for us, right? that we tend to always look up and not look back, right? You know, we, we, we look at the, you know, brand new house across the street that somebody built and not at the homeless guy downtown. Like if I just had his house, not that I need to be thankful because I'm not homeless. You know, it, it's, it's, it's those pieces that, that we've got to get right in our mind of, you know, appreciating the blessings of God of where we stand and what can I do even in this state? And, and if I can understand that I can, you know, be fulfilled. I can be spiritual. I can be encouraging. I can be what I need to be spiritually 
regardless of what my station in life is. And when that station changes, I, I got to remember that too and figure out how to do it as things get better. Um, you know, and I think that that's part of what led, right. If, if we're honest with our biblical history, that's what led several to take these vows of poverty, right. You know, you had, you know, pious people throughout centuries that said, you know, if you had any money that you just, you know, it was tearing at your soul, because I think that's, it's a legit concern, right. If you don't learn the lessons along the way, um, you may end up with this idea that the only way I can really be content is to be broke. Um, but I think that's, you know, as we've said multiple times, that's disingenuous to the text because there were several that were wealthy and very content. Um, and I don't think, you know, I, I guess, you know, part of me, I, I don't see Abraham lying awake at night in the wagon and wondering, you know, what his next project is or how he's going to take over another corner of the world. You know, he was wealthy and they prospered, but, you know, it seems like his goals were spiritual and not economical but the economics kept coming, right? And the economics allowed him to do more things, um, allowed him to, you know, raise armies and fight with Lot. Uh, you know, so you've got, you know, that building along the way, um, but, but we've got to get away from the fact that, that even in growth mode, that it's all consuming. You know, is, is that all I'm thinking about is what I have to do to get this promotion and at what cost? You know, what am I giving up to force all of my effort and energy into that? Um, and then that's back to our conversation here, you know, a couple of months back on work-life balance, right? You know, I think a lot of times in life, we find ourselves in these crunches where, you know, if I just pour 80 hours into the company for the next couple of years, I'll get that promotion to management and then I'll be a deacon <laughs> and, and then I'll have time to work with the church and then I'll do some, I'll teach a Bible class. But just right now I can't because I'm in this you know, press where I've, I've got this short period of time, I've got to get this thing done. Um, the hard thing for me in life that I've seen myself do, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not blasting anybody that's out there. I'm, I'm coming from my own place is, you know, the more times you do that and the more times you put that stuff off, the easier and easier it is. And the more and more you begin to feel unqualified to do any of those things because you have so many more commitments that you've given yourself in the grand illusion of, I'm just going to do this for a few more years. So last few minutes here, let me, let me, let me summarize by interrogating you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, and feel free to reciprocate. Uh, in your, in your work life, do you consider yourself ambitious? Yes. Yeah. I think I would answer that question the same way. Um, do you consider yourself content? Yes. Yeah. I, I, so. I, and, and, and I would say it in this way that, you know, I, I'm happy with, with what I do, but um, it, it's not, you know, the other thing is, and, and most of you that are listening to this know either Michael or I very well and know all the other stuff we do. So I, I'm convinced I'm not content because, you know, uh, the, the bank here is fabulous, which it is. I mean, I'm not knocking my bank, but, you know, I, I get more contentment out of, you know, the, the work we do with sacred selections. I get more contentment out of um, the work we do with the church with, you know, the ability to preach and, and to teach Bible class and do those things. So I, I guess it's more. And then it just, you know, to me, and, and I've jokingly said this for years that, you know, I do financial planning to support my preaching habit. 
and I think, you know, that that's, that's how I figured it out in my own mind. And I'm not saying that's what everybody has to do, but in my own mind, it's that I understand I go to work only so that I can do these other things. Like work is not my whole life. Um, though, you know, I, I want to be the best at what I'm doing. Um, but it's really just a means to an end for me. How would so, you say? What's that? I said, how would you answer the same this convoluted about, mess? This is about you right now. Uh, <laughs> and so last one. I think those are fabulous answers. So where do you believe that your ambition from, from a professional standpoint, where do you believe that it springs from if all those things are if all those things are true if this is if this is a um if this is a tool to support your spiritual endeavors where does the ambition in a professional sense why does it exist if if the if the professional growth or the economic growth is not your primary concern. So, um, you, you know, for, for me in the world that I'm in, it's, it, it's, a, it's a little different um, because, you know, the, the better I am at what I do, you know, I'm, I'm in a service role. I, you know, I manage money for people. I plan for them. So the better I am at what I do, the better it is for them. Right. So the, more, you know, certifications, growth, more knowledge I have, all of those things just makes it better for the folks that I serve. Um, you know, you know, so for me, it's, I have a constant desire to be better because it's better for them. Um, so, so I'm in a, in a little strange world there um, as far as what that ambition is. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, my ambition is not to be the president of my bank. My, my ambition is to be the absolute best financial planner that I can be because it's good for them. Um, you know, and, and the more skills, abilities I bring to the table, the more resources I have, it makes it better for them. So, you know, that for me is, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it, it melds in my world. You know, I, I know that's not right for everybody, right? You know, that, that doesn't, you know, doesn't directly translate to what you do. You may be just trying to climb the corporate ladder of management, but in, in, in my world, you know, it, it's, and it's, it's all, you know, it, it, it's all cyclical to me too, right? Because, you know, the more people I touch, the more, you know, families I work with, the more opportunities we have to talk about not only, you know, uh, what are you doing with your retirement account, but, you know, it, because those relationships get deep, we end up talking about their spiritual life too. And I had a, you know, uh, roughly a 30 minute Bible study with a client the other day, um, because we just got into some things with his retirement planning and we just like, okay, well, let's stop. Let's get out the Bible and let's kind of talk through some of these things. Um, so there's cool things like that that I get to do um, that, that's amazing, uh, you know, but it's all, you know, to me, one, one feeds the other. I think that what, what I, what, because I struggle with this question, you know, I end up asking questions like I just asked you to, to other people and um, the people that I trust and care about their answer. And I, I do think it's interesting that when you ask, uh, Christian-minded people, where what they're ambitious for, why they're ambitious, or you know where does that come from? You know, no, nobody is. I don't think the Christian mindset is is the arrogant. Well, it's just this internal drive that I have that I am. You know, you know, I don't, 
But it's 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 mostly about you know I, I have the ability in different ways and your ways unique. I have the ability in different ways to serve more people in a better way if I if I'm uh, advancing whatever that means. If my company's a little bigger, if I'm in a little higher position, if I manage a few more people, um, and I don't I don't think. I don't think that that's a story we tell ourselves about ourselves. I think that, I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty genuine is can I have a bigger impact um, in a company of a hundred than I can over in a company of 10. And, you know, I, I hope that's not a rationalization of economic uh, greed and self-interest. I, I, but I, I do see that, um, that thread among Christian people that the ambition that I'm looking for is <clears throat> I can serve more people, be they customers or employees or coworkers or um, whatever. I can serve more people. Uh, that 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 kind of strikes me as a healthy ambition, um, and that you know as I try to practicalize sure that's a word is i try to as i try to make practical this this idea of balancing ambition and contentment that that's kind of one of the one of the things i, I come back to is i don't i don't think either one of us would advocate for just an ambition for um more stuff just an ambition for bigger paycheck even if we try to rationalize that, well, I can give more away. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that. What are, what are we really accomplishing? But, but, but that that ambition to serve more seems to be seems to be a healthy way to approach it. I guess. Yeah, it's. I I, I think that's it. The the idea of influence. You know, how how can I influence more, serve more, um, and you know, I, and I think. You know, you and I have had these conversations about the, the the bigger barns that you've recently built, you know, but what it is too, it's, I mean, it's, it's job opportunities in the community and based on the culture that you guys have, that's, that's important. I mean, if you believe in it and you value it, you'd want more people as part of that culture, right? And that, that's going to be better in their lives. So all of those things, I, I think kind of, you know, feed together too. So again, I can't, I can't intent. Yeah, I can't tell you how many Christian people that they asked me what what we were doing, and I said, oh, we're just building bigger barns," and that makes people so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joseph's version of bigger barns, not look so well. That 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 try, that tended to be how I started the conversation, just just to you know, uh, <laughs> just to kind of put go ahead and put that out there. So you know, frankly, we're just building bigger barns, and so you know. I, that that caused a, but a lot of times it, it caused a, a, what I think, what I hope was a worthwhile conversation is, is our, our bigger barns in and of themselves a problem. And then back to the Luke 12 example. Um, and it kind of made, made us check ourselves too. Um, because if, if, uh, because they can be, mm -hmm. bigger barns can be a problem. And, um, you know, learning how to be content in times of abundance is, is, is part of Philippians 4 too. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, managing, managing all that, making sure that 
you know, you know, if if we if we've got God, take the rest of it away, or give us more of it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and are we going are we going to be content if it all gets stripped away? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a soul searching, you know. If if <clears throat> if the boss comes in today and sends you home, or if it all comes crashing down, or we, if we got God, are we going to be okay? And uh, not not are we going to be skipping, or mm-hmm. but are we going to be okay uh, spiritually, emotionally? And uh, those are anyway. Those keep me up at night. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, like most things, and we'll draw to a close because we're at time. Um, but like most things here that you're going to find, Michael and I say, and, and I don't know if it's because it's the right thing or it's just kind of how, how we work, is the struggle's the answer. You know, if, if you're struggling with this stuff, then I think you're on the right track. Um, you know, we really believe that. That's how most of our conversations end when we're, you know, trying to parse through something like, you know, the, it's, it's the struggle um, is what I think makes us better. If you ever stop struggling with it, if you ever, you know, uh, get to the point where, you know, you don't care, you don't worry, you don't, you know, you're not saying, you know, hey, do I, you know, what am I doing this for? What get, get to get back to that? Why? Um, to me, I think that's where you're dangerous. Um, but as long as you're you're having the conversations and most importantly, you're 100 percent honest with yourself. I don't care what you tell somebody else. But when you look hard into that mirror and you're honest with yourself, I, I think you'll always end up at the right place. Yeah, I heard, heard somebody say something that I thought was pretty poignant over the last few days. <clears throat> that was most people that they run into in life that, that say they're struggling with sin really aren't struggling with it at all. Um, they, they've kind of succumbed to it. If, if we're genuinely struggling, you know, Galatians 5 tells us the flesh is going to war against the spirit. So mm-hmm. as long as we're here, there should be a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and, that, and that doesn't mean that we're giving in to sin consistently. That's not struggling. That's that's capitulation right <laughs> it's not a struggle um <clears throat> but that verses like galatians 5 that that tell me that the flesh is going to work against the spirit that there is going to be a struggle that ambition and contentment should be a battle for us i'm okay with that i'm a, i'm okay with being with this this continually coming up for me i'm okay with not having that handled yet or not you know I don't know what the right phrase is. I'm okay with having to answer those questions internally for myself. I'm not saying I always get them right, but but at least it's a it's a dashboard indicator for me that if, if it keeps coming up, um, it, it it hopefully it means that uh, we're we're still struggling, that that we're still battling the issue, that that we haven't capitulated, and uh, so. And, and I'll I'll kind of I'll kind of leave leave my thoughts there, but enjoy the conversation as always. Absolutely, thank you, brother. Um, again, tune in with us next time. We're gonna um, try our best uh, to keep these back on a weekly format. Um, and a little teaser preview: um, we're gonna start moving to next, uh, starting next week, uh, Lord willing, uh, trying to examine some you know business principles out of stories in scripture. So. You know, uh, how, how, what did Joseph do that we can use as successful business practices? What did Abraham do? What did Lydia do? Um, so we're going to try to explore some of these Bible characters, what we have as a peak into their business, 
um, and how we can take those same bus business principles back. Uh, we think it's a cool idea. Hopefully uh, you all are along for the ride for that too. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for, for spending time with us and uh, we'll do it again next time. Absolutely. Enjoyed it, my friend. See you, brother.